0: Log Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.
1: I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So,
0: where were
1: you yesterday? Uh, yesterday was a wow. Was it a wow win? Well, we did not have the blessing of uh, Vivian's socially conscious segment because we had another conversation that took place from very early in the morning. And what we did was last Friday, we gave the news story about the stealthing incident that took place in the Dutch town. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, stealthing is when two people have consented to have intercourse, and they have agreed to, that the man would wear a condom, and then during the act... Of sex The man removes the condom Without his partner's knowledge So We brought that back to the ladies And gave them a shot At just you know Talking about it And hearing what they Had to say about that And we then gave the men An opportunity To respond to the women As The women were given an opportunity to respond to the men last week. And what a conversation. Yes, yes, yes. It was a conversation. And, you know, the one thing I appreciate about what God has given us here on his due time with Pastor Steph is the fact that No, we have the ability to speak and and just take our stance. And, you know, sometimes we agree and sometimes we disagree. And yesterday's conversation was a very interesting one. And the only thing I can tell any of you who was not there yesterday is go back and listen. Go back and listen, go back and listen, and go back and listen. You know, we did talk about the fact that there are many types of sexual violence. There's stranger rape, blitz sexual assault, contact sexual assault, home invasion sexual assault, acquaintance rape child sexual abuse, statutory rape, spousal partner rape, incest, serial rape, substance facilitated rape, multiple perpetrator slash gang rape, sexual harassment, and date rape. And I have to tell you, I had no idea that there was so many classifications of sexual violence. And you know, take take a moment. Men, women, women, men, young, old, rich or take a take, take a look at that list. Take a look. Just go on, you know, your web browser and just pull up you know, types of sexual violence. And I never realized that this was so broad. And, you know, they say you learn something new every day. And, you know, one of the things that I'm going to add to that list is mental rape. You know... This, this uh, you know all of these sexual violence uh, categories you know in the child abuse category was one of the few categories where it did not include where it included let me I'm sorry let me say that the opposite way where it included areas where you not, you were not necessarily touched And After I read all of those Types Of sexual violence Acts Mental rape Emotional rape In my opinion should be added You know And I'm sure If we go back and look at this, in 2025, God spares our life, that there will be more on this list. I'm sure, you know, had this list been written five years ago, all of these things would not have been on this list. I'm sure that over the course of time, this will grow. This list will grow. Because, you know, the more... The more we experience life The longer the list Will become And not just this list Many lists You know your lease You know when when a landlord Started renting You know his lease Was maybe about 10 You know 10 items long But as the Renters Came through that lease grew and grew and grew and grew So, so will many lists now, As an HR administrator I started a job where When a person was out I remember them writing I I would get to work And I would find a note On a napkin yes on a cocktail napkin and i went back to the person and i said what what is this and she said oh you know that's how we you know that's how we let them know we're not going to be here and i was like is that a joke you know i'm not being funny but is that a joke and she was like no and when i went in the file in that employee's file, there were a bunch of napkins. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. What happens to, you know, if if, the, if somebody turned on the fan and the wind blew the napkin off the desk, then you don't show up and you tell me, well, I left you a note. So therefore, boy, did the rules begin to just stretch and stretch and stretch so over the course of life you know this 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 list here will grow just like any other list and you know I, I give God thanks for who he is in our life and the fact that we we will grow if we position ourselves And allow God to use us You know yesterday I prayed that We would decrease So that God would increase In our life Because it's vital That's vital That's vital That's vital vital That we put our own thoughts and feelings to the side And let the spirit of the Lord Take over And it would take over our spirit, it would take over our heart, it would take over our mouth, it would take over our ears, it would take over our eyes, it would take over our thoughts, it would just take over our emotions and feelings. It would just do its perfect work, and we would let God do a complete work in us. And I'm so grateful to God. I, I I can't speak for anybody else. But I go back, you know. Pastor K.L. has coined the phrase, you know, in my former life, and that, you know, the the do time crew just, they just took that and ran with it. And I give God thanks that I can look back, and that I am not where I used to be in my former life. That things have just evolved, you know, age. Brought maturity Studying And walking with the Lord Helped to You know break Those chains That held me down It broke my way of thinking It broke the way I live It broke You know the way I address people And you know And it doesn't mean that any of us are perfect Because we're changed But You know, with prayer, whatever we have that is not in, of, or about the Lord will convert. The Spirit of the Lord will help that conversion. And, you know, I just, I think about my life all the time. And I think about how, you know, God is changing Stephanie. I think about how God has changed me, I think about all the things that he still needs to change, and I'm so glad that I am just a piece of work, that clay that God has worked with and has remolded and reshaped, and it is just like, I marvel at God. I think about some of the things that I used to do Some of the ways that I used to think Some of the things that I used to say And I'm like wow God Thank you Thank you for bringing me out of darkness Into your Marvelous light Thank you And although Lord you got a long Way for Stephanie to go And there were things that I don't even have any idea That you're going to work on But I thank you For choosing me Thank you For using me Thank you For just Giving me An opportunity To make it in Mm -mm -mm. Thank you God Thank you God I think about All the things That I've been through In life And I was talking To someone yesterday And I was saying How They were just you know things in my life that I just wouldn't even do anymore it, was, it and again, you know it wasn't those blatant things you know I don't i I tell you all the time I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't use drugs, you know those are the blatant things, but God had to deal with some other stuff, you know, oh, could I hold the grudge, oh, my goodness, I would walk around the house, I would not talk to my father at all, look at him and keep moving, and I'm like, wow. At what point did you hold me accountable that had you closed my eyes, that may have kept me out? Oh, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Because when you look at the Israelites and how they just kept messing with God and they had no Jesus, God was like, hey, that man is out there doing what he ain't supposed to be doing on the Sabbath day. You and the entire assembly just go out there and kill him. Oh! Oh! That's the kind of God we were dealing with back then or they were dealing with back then. And I'm like, oh! Thank you, God, for Jesus.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. That, you know, we have an advocate. The Bible tells us that You know, sin not, but if you do, you have an advocate. And I'm like, whoa, look at God. Look at God. He didn't say, well, you know, when he died on the cross like this many, 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 many years ago, he did his job. Now, you don't have to work that out. No. But we have an advocate now despite Jesus giving himself on the cross. And taking all of that abuse and battery and bloodshed and oh my gosh, the beating and ooh, oh, we oui. Lord, thank you for Jesus that helps us get through the day, that helps us get through the week, that helps us get through the month, that we still have an opportunity as long as you wake us up every day. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. So, uh, go back and listen and, uh, be blessed, my people. Be blessed. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. Yeah, today we talk about our health and that's all I got. Today I got a bunch of news and, uh, again, I'm just not moved I'm like ah I ain't got no juicy stuff to talk about but you know how it gets done over here on this due time with past stuff this crew can turn anything around (laughs) haha yeah the plethora of thoughts oh well go ahead and get that healthy breakfast Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on end. Make sure you go nowhere, because we'll be right back.
0: I'm Dr. Frank McMillan. And I'm Dr. Raj Devarajan. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer-related death in the United States, claiming more than 50,000 lives each year. The cancer occurs in the colon and rectum, parts of the large intestine, and it's caused by growths called polyps that can turn into cancer. Screening for colorectal cancer saves lives, but 23 million American adults, about one in three, don't get screened as recommended. Colorectal cancer affects men and women, and, high, and the risk rises with age and a family history of the disease. If you're over 50, or have a family history of the disease, early screening is recommended. Screening can reduce the risk of colorectal cancer by up to 90% by finding and removing the growths before they turn into cancer. For more information on colorectal cancer and the different screening tests available, visit the American College of Gastroenterology.
1: Good morning and good morning again Welcome back to It's Due Time With Pastor Steph And it is Therapeutic Thursday This is our No, it's not our last Oh this, this, We had a long month This month Wow But thank God the 23rd day of March And God has brought us through Ooh, to the 23rd day of March. This month is moving, moving, and moving. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And giving God thanks for all that he has done in our life. Giving God thanks that we have another chance to get it right. Ooh, yes, for the hours what are we talking about this morning when it comes to our health? Well, I came across this article and there was, do I want to say a confession? I don't know. But these are common mistakes that are made by nurses. And... The nurses wrote this. Yes, yes, yes. Well, number one, preventable infections. Wow. Mm. So they say, according to the CDC, about 1 in 25 hospital patients each year are affected by the health care associated infection and they say nurses play a key role in preventing healthcare associated infection and it needs to be improved and they are supposed to be working on improving patient care standards yes and they say that um, the COVID-19 surge was associated with increased HAI, which is healthcare-associated infection. And, you know, do you know that means that a lot of people went in the hospital, they they had one illness and ended up with COVID. And part of that could have been from nurse, you know, a nurse, or nurses' neglect, however you want to say that. So they say a study shows that there were increases in the number of HAIs as they measured hospital performance. They talked about the bloodstream infections, which, you know, that central line. Mm hmm. The Catheter Infections Yeah mm-hmm. When you have the UTI the, the urinary tract infections And sometimes they have to catheterize you They say infections have come from there They talk about Staph infections and bacterias Oh they talk about Onset bloodstream infections Yeah Yeah Wow, I see something here that I experienced myself and mm, I'm wondering, you know, wow. So they say that, you know, nurses are possibly responsible for these things. Wow. Ah, number two, improper documentation. Wow. They say that nurses make errors in gathering documentation and recording details about patient histories, medications given, or maybe have stopped. Man, instructions for... Care going forward. So, in other words, like those are your discharge instructions. You know, you're ready to leave, and you got to wait for her to show up or him to show up so they can give you the, you know, your your um, discharge instructions. And I guess that's why now, when you're discharged, they they give it to you in writing. Yeah, because years ago when you were discharged, that didn't necessarily come with written instruction. No, they would just kind of tell you stuff. And now you've got this long drawing out four or five pieces of paper sometimes. Yeah, well, I see why. Mistake number three. Now, we're talking about errors or common mistakes that nurses make. Okay, number three, medication errors. Wow So they're saying nursing errors Come when nurses administer the wrong Dose of a medication Or inadvertently gives the patient Someone else's Prescription Wow Wow And you know either that can Slow up Your um, Your recovery Or it could kill you Yeah. So they say that they're trying to just like do a one-check, two-check, three-check type of thing to, you know, they have implemented that. Remember I said, didn't I say about the rules? The rules just get added and added and there's more items. They're saying that even with them adding things over the course of time, they're still finding that there are errors well listen let's, let's just be honest as bad as it is this such is life such as life people are human and they're going to make errors if we think that nurses and doctors and you know people who you know have our lives in their hands just because they have you know our lives in their hands they're not going to make mistakes oh no no So, you know, no matter how long this list is, because they're saying that over the course of time, they have done multiple checks when you're dispensing medication and having two, three people go over stuff. And still mistakes happen. And they say that, each year in the United States alone, as many as 9,000 people die due to medication errors. And hundreds of thousands of other people suffer from those mistakes. So it doesn't necessarily kill you, but it can do some damage. Yeah. So again, you listen. Nurses are people too. They have uh, uh, issues at home. They've got Child care issues. They got man and wife issues. They've got, you know, illness. They sick themselves a lot of times. They're overworked and all kinds of things. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying life, such as life. So even with all those. Crossing your T's and dotting your I's and then you give it to somebody else? Let's, let's, let's do it this way. How many of us working in office? And I'll never forget years, years, years ago, I had I was working in office and I had written a letter. And I gave it to the boss to write. Um, I'm sorry, to, to read and sign. And, you know, probably he originated the letter, you know, and you, as the administrative person, you know, you retype the letter and you proof it and, you know, you give it to somebody else to proof and all that kind of stuff. And then you give it to your boss to read it and he reads it or she reads it and sign it and get like this had been like this is what we, this is what we did. And I would say maybe about a month or two later, I was, you know, doing some stuff and filing, and I just happened to pick up the letter and glance at it, and there was one glaring error,
0: and I went, oh,
1: my gosh, how many of us looked through this letter? How many of us read the letter, and the the, the letter spelled it out with a typo, so life, such is life, so... As many people as look over these prescriptions and, you know, the doctor, if the doctor's tired, did the doctor type in something wrong? And, yeah, so the nurses got a big job. They've got a big job. So we need to pray for them today. All right, number four, disregarding risk management procedures. So they say they're safety officers. And, and their whole duty is to make sure that safety education is an ongoing part of the facility. But yet again, because nurses are multitasking at such a high degree that errors are made.
0: Errors are made.
1: So, goodness gracious. Number five, number five, we're talking about errors that nurses make that are very common, patient falls. They say between 700,000 to 1 million people fall each year in hospitals. And the AHRQ, which is the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, shows that patient falls are the most common adverse events reported in hospitals and that patient falls in hospitals result in about 250,000 injuries and up to 11,000 deaths annually wow and they're saying nearly one third of the falls are preventable yeah And they say, you know, the nurses do their best to try to prevent the falls. They still occur because, you know, you have to think about the fact that there are walking transfers, medication side effects, confusion. People have to constantly go to the bathroom. And the fact that, you know, they don't have the chance to check on patients as often as, you know, might be needed. That all increases the possibility for these hospital falls. And guess who it lies on?
0: The nurse.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, number six, task overload, they say. You know, nurses are expected to handle multiple patients and tasks simultaneously. They're expected to juggle those balls, and none of those balls are supposed to fall, and it can become overwhelming. I mean, some of us can't walk and chew gum So at the same time. So, you know, it just might be where one of those, two of those, three of those balls might fall while the nurse is trying to juggle it all. And let me tell you something. I think about the times when I have been in an emergency room. And all you hear, nurse, nurse, nurse. It it gets on my nerve. How in the world do we expect for these nurses to work and to stay focused? Because they're always moving. And somebody's talking to them. And somebody's pressing a button. And somebody's calling them, and somebody needs this, and somebody needs that. And listen, listen, you know, as they used to say, we all have our crosses to bear. But, yeah, this is, yo this this is a heavy, 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 heavy responsibility. One of the other common mistakes that nurses make, they say, shifts, and their own personal crisis, the patient overload, and think about when COVID was here, that what they must be under, and, you know, do you really, A, recognize fatigue and stress? You know, have you gotten so accustomed to it? That it's like second nature, or you know, it's just something that you overlook as a nurse. Because look at how we do it in regular life. We ain't even a nurse. If you're a mama, you put that on the side all the time. You know, it, it don't matter if you're sick. You always are, you know, caring for someone else. You ain't got time to be sick. How many of us used to say that? Oh, well, baby, baby, baby. Baby, 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 you better take care of yourself because Pastor Stuff is telling you that, baby, when it catches up to you, it catches up, and there's nothing you can do about it. So they're saying one of the things that is a common mistake that nurses make is the fact that they ignore the signs of fatigue and stress, and guess where that leaves them? Guess where that leads them? That leads them to making more errors. That leads to the breakdown. So you're not focusing. And while you trying to focus, while you're all fatigued and stressed, and you got somebody saying, NERS! <laughs> and i be wanting to say, SHUT UP! Or you got somebody yelling in pain, or you know, man, imagine enduring that on a
0: fatigued
1: and stressed mind, body. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, we're going to do that today. We're going to pray for our nurses. We're going to pray for our nurses. So, my, my uh, due time crew that lays up in the cut... Please remind me that that's what we're going to do today. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our nurses because we, they need our prayer. They need our prayer for real. All righty. All righty. Well, hmm, we got some short stories. got some short news stories here. So we have our Governor Hokel, who. You know, she's concerned also about our homeless and affordable housing issue and some other housing she's concerned with. So she has been looking at a closure in West Harlem, and they're looking to move forward and redevelop the site with affordable housing. So there used to be a site on 110th Street on the west side, the Lincoln Correctional Facility, which I knew nothing about, by the way. Maybe the Harlemites know about it. Well, they say it's a 10,000-square-foot site, and it has not been in use in quite a few years. And they say the site dates back, you know many 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 years and it was opened as the young women's Hebrew association for immigrants and then it served as an army rest area and then it served as a school before coming before becoming excuse me a minimum security prison in 1976 and it ended up closing in 2019 well, the state has been accepting proposals for, you know, what should what should go on that site. Maybe somebody wants to buy it, blah, 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 blah. And that's open until May twenty third. Well, it says that the prison was closed due to underuse.
0: Wow.
1: Um And now she's looking at it to open it up. And she wants to, okay, so she wants to use it for affordable housing. But you have someone else back in the day, she wanted to, this uh, Manhattan borough president, Gail Brewer, wanted to keep things, you know, as they were, and she wanted to um, run it as a woman's jail. And that would be the women who would come from Rikers. So maybe like a transitional housing type of thing, or maybe when they were about to max out of Rikers. And they are now leaving it open, because they've got to leave it open until May 23rd, once you put that out there. You have to leave it open, but if no one takes this up, then uh, what's her name? Governor Hochul wants to use it, and she's saying she thinks that that can definitely be used for our housing crunch, and she has set a goal of adding 800,000 housing units overall in the New York State over the next decade. So that would be beautiful. That would be beautiful over the next 10 years. You know, those 10 years going to come and go, I have to tell you. So, you know, too bad this wasn't worked on before because if they started working on this 10 years ago, then we wouldn't be in such a crisis now. But I guess you can say better late than never. You know, so in her quest to put out this eight hundred thousand units, this location on West One Hundred and Tenth Street is being eyed for that. So that's good. It's good they're not using it. They don't want to open it up for another jail. And I don't know what's what's going to happen with that because remember, for over a decade they've been talking about closing Rikers, and to close Rikers they would they would have to reopen some of the borough the local borough prison houses so you have like the Bronx House of D Detention, you have Brooklyn House of Detention, you have M, you know MCC which is still open, um, the main one is still open downtown you know, so they would have to op- reopen these or find another site to open these and you know, maybe separating You know, they have how many people over on Rikers and a bunch of mess going on. So maybe if you separated them and broke it down, it would be better. It would be more contained. You know, it would be a lot of people out of a job. A lot of people out of a job. But, you know, so that's going to cause another crisis. But, you know, they're going to need housing too. So that might be one of the reasons why they haven't closed it because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really do some work because you're talking about putting out eight hundred thousand new units, and when those people get out of jail, where are they going and We don't need to repeat offenders or making or creating repeat offenders because they don't have no place to live, and now that becomes another problem so this this is a snowball issue. That they're going to really have to work on. So 800,000 units might have to include or might be inclusive of, you know, those people too. You know, those people coming out of prison. Alrighty, what else we talking about today? Another quick news. So, yo, this is crazy. So remember the other day I was saying to you. Now that I look at this article, I'm thinking about the other day when I said to you that they were trying to make a law where um, they would put safety features on the gun and somebody, you know, they vetoed it because they said that now the ability to have your choice and plethora of options of what guns you buy you know, would be important and, oh my gosh, well, listen, they were talking about putting safety features on a gun where the gun wouldn't discharge so easily, and the clip had to be put in all the way and and things like this, and, you know, again, this would prevent accidental discharge. Well, well, well. So it's so said, so done. Every time we talk about something, you end up with this whole, you know, myriad of things that happen right behind it. And they have this husband and wife, and they were elderly, seventy-four years old. The man, seventy-four years old. The woman. He's loading his pistol, and and the bullet fired from the weapon hitting his wife in another room. The bullet shot through the wall of their home and struck the 74-year-old woman in the head. And he said that he was finishing cleaning the gun and then he was loading it and the weapon went off. And, you know, needless to say, she's dead now. They're not filing any charges Because they don't think it's any foul play They think that it was completely Unintentional And it, Things happen So right after we get Finished a few days talking about You know the fact that They're You know these things Easily discharged now Whether the gun really just went off Quote unquote. Okay you know Probably not. However, again, it's an accident that can potentially be prevented. We just got finished talking about the nurses and what they can do to prevent, you know, things from happening and accidents from happening. And, yo, you know, this year, listen, you're 74 years old. How shaky are your hands? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And, and and here's the thing. It got her, it went through the wall and into, another, and into another room and shot and killed the wife. Now, the odds of this being she could have gotten up to go to the bathroom. So when the gun discharged and went through or when he made a mistake and hit the trigger and it went through the wall, she just wasn't sitting there. That could have been a place where she had just gotten up from. This stuff happened, y'all. So this is why we really need these safety features on these guns that if you do hit it, you know, hit the thing, it's not, you know, something that happens so easily. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. Oh, all right. I have this story that I really want y'all to weigh in on. Please weigh in on this one, okay? Okay. I haven't heard from y'all in a while and you don't have to wait for me to invite you I always tell you that you're a part of the conversation well there's a mother of an 11 month old boy who was filmed with a vape in his mouth and here's how this went down she looked at him and said hey Would you like to try this? Yeah. In the recording, in the video, they say you can hear her saying, asking the baby, want to try? And then she takes the vape. She puts it in his mouth. And she's laughing as he's inhaling. And the baby is coughing. Yes, silence She's 16 years old And she calls the accident A silly joke And she's, you know She's saying I wish I didn't do it I never meant to hurt him I would never hurt him So Now they're saying That, you know, now that she's Come to herself Now that she's given this Some thought And she realizes that it was a sick joke That they're not going to pursue anything And they're going to leave her alone And she's going to not have to face any time There won't be any charges brought against her And uh, that's where they're going to leave this thing here So my question to you is, do you agree? Do you agree that there should be no penalty? She shouldn't have to take any classes. There shouldn't be a case opened up and now the child is being monitored. Nothing, nothing. The police have deemed it. She never went to court, but they said, oh, you know, she's sorry. She realizes she made a mistake. We're not gonna push this thing, do you agree that that's the way it should be handled? So let me talk to our ladies okay oh, where's my girl, Tamika Good morning, Tamika Good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. How are you today? I am well. How are you today? I am <laughs> I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. All right. So we're talking about adding these 800,000 units to the state of New York over the course of 10 years. And um, Governor Hochul is looking at this unit that this housing unit that used to be um a, a correctional facility in Harlem and she's looking to change that and convert that to a uh, a regular housing unit what do you think what do you think of of this uh, proposal to add this 800,000 units do you think it's doable what do you think they should be focusing on what goes through your head when you hear this? You're right. What? <laughs>
0: um, I, I
1: think it's past time. You know, I, I I keep saying it. You know, there there are plenty of things that we should have done beforehand, but at least you're making moves. I, I'm still in a uh, perplexed about all these buildings that we have, that whether they were closed for a year or 25 years. There are things that you can do with that. You know, you can employ people that, you know, um, can help you build, you know, um, or refix buildings, you know. But if you want to use the correctional facility, it's not currently being utilized, then go ahead. You know, somebody's finally making some moves, you know, um, in areas that, well, I'm not really familiar with the area. I wish I was because then I could, you know, talk to the heart of it. But at least moves are being made. Alrighty. all righty. well, we talked about the fact that you know they wanted to uh, make some new laws regarding you know putting safety features on these guns, and you know they vetoed it because that would limit their options to as to what how many guns would be available to the gun buyers and here we have it an elderly couple they 've just experienced a fatal accidental shooting, and which goes back to saying this is why we need these laws these rules would you agree yeah, especially on your you know for those who choose to have a weapon in their home, you know um, the safety figure um, feature is definitely something that, um, is, is necessary. Um, we just, I, I was just alerted, um, to, um, a, a, a relative that, you know, how easy it is for something like that to happen, you know, um, just cleaning it or discharging. you know, sometimes you just, because it's something that you do on a daily basis, you're not cognizant, you're not aware and it, it fires, it, it discharges. You know, um, I was also brought a picture of the damage that it did, um, you know, or that it can do, you know. And, and literally, it can go through walls, you know. If you're in your home, if you go outside of that wall to, you know, a neighbor. You know, this is how sometimes, you know, you're trying to figure out how a, a child or someone got shot, um, the, the fire discharged in the home and went outside through the wall, through the exterior and, you know, ended somebody else's life. So, you know, these guns are extremely dangerous, and the safety feature is mandatory for life extension. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you hear about those type things or the the particular article we're talking about today, you know, some say, you know, well, guns just don't go off by themselves. And, you know, I I can't say they do, I can't say they don't. You know, I, I haven't put every single gun in my hand. You know, so
0: we we don't know. We don't know
1: what happens. You know, are the chances low that it would, you know, go off? Possibly. But at the end of the day, putting another feature, a safety feature on the gun ain't going to hurt nobody. It's not going to hurt nobody. So you'd rather be safe than sorry. All right, Lady Tamika, what should be done with this mom, 16 years old, and age makes a huge difference, who looks at her baby and says, want to try, puts the vape in the baby's mouth, laughs at the fact that the baby just got finished, you know, choking, and now is saying, you know, I didn't mean to hurt the baby, you know, it was, I would never do it again, I would never hurt my baby, you know, and there's nothing that you know, indicates, they said they were closing it down. They were not going to push the issue. Do you think that something should have been done or should they use this as like a warning? You know, she realized, Hey, this is just a bad mistake and move on. I get it that she's young. Um, (laughs) And, um, I, I don't excuse the youngness because my thing is, you know, you have to understand that this child is, is we're talking about a child, you know, and you don't recognize how much damage you can do to that child. You know, for all you know, that one inhale could impede him for life. You know, you're saying, oh, well, you didn't mean to hurt your baby, but you sat there and laughed as he choked. You know, suppose at that point, because, we know that God, sometimes people get second chances. Sometimes they don't. Now, imagine this child inhaled that, and that was the end of his life. You know, so you need to understand the effects of what you're doing. If you choose to do it for your body, and I'm not excusing what she's doing, if you choose to, to vape for your body, that's you. But you're talking about a minor, a child who, who, uh, whose life could be affected. And so you need some type of training, some type of course, something to understand the repercussions of what you're doing. You know, we, we're talking about, you know, here this situation, she didn't even get a slap on the hand for that. You know, you just walk and go back to life as normal. No, you need to understand what your actions are causing, you know, the damage that it could have caused. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I guess all, in this instance all he had was a cough, but just with that cough, how do you know that he's not affected um, long-term from that one smoke? Absolutely, absolutely, ah, so should she be left alone, or should some something be pursued? Oh no, something should definitely be pursued. you know it get some time it's you a know time. Uh, um, maybe sit maybe sit in a, sit in a facility, in a facility for, a for a month, you know do some community know, service, community you service. know you, you definitely, need definitely need to have a plan.
0: Tells you what the effects of what you're doing Maybe it'll enlighten you to stop
1: thinking as well All right, all right, all right Okay, well thank you so much for joining us this morning Let's say good morning to our Pastor Charlene Good morning Pastor Charlene Good morning, good morning, good morning How How are you? I'm well, thank you, I'm well, thank you How are you doing over there? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay dokie okay, now. All right, Pastor Charlton, You know, you, you you know, you're a Harlemite and you know, they're talking about this West Harlem facility that's been closed down for a minute and now Governor Hokel is waiting for that May twenty third to pass on by to see if she can use that facility. As one of her 800,000 units that she's planning to put out in the next 10 years. And, you know, do you think that this is obtainable? What do you think they need to focus on if they're going to put out this 800,000 units? Well, they definitely need some housing. But my question would be, how much is it the housing going to cost? Because when they do these buildings over here, the prices of the rent is so high. That's one um, that you still can't afford it. Any little spot, they're putting buildings up now in Harlem. Um, and then even with that being said, that they're not really taking care of them even when the people come in. So I say yes for as is um housing. Yes. But now can you make it affordable for the people to be able to live in it? Okay, okay. All right. Eight hundred thousand units is a lot of housing. Because they're not saying just eight hundred thousand people. They're saying eight hundred thousand units. So that could be a mm-hmm. studio all the way up to a five, six you know, room apartment. So, you know, like you said, you know, that's a big issue here. You know, they have been throwing up these quote-unquote affordable houses everywhere. But at the end of the day, are they really affordable? Because out here in Queens, they're not affordable either. So you could put them all up, put up 800,000 units. But if nobody can afford to live in them, or well, the people who really need to, you know, really need this housing, it's not benefiting them, then what's the well, what's the deal at that point? What's the deal? Right. All right. Some Stratton. of the two bedrooms, I just want to say this piece, It's some of the yes. two bedrooms, because they're not doing four or five bedrooms anymore. What they right. now, um, like in my building, a two-bedroom is $3,400. Isn't that a house? Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Yes. And every time, and this is what happens, too, because every time when someone moves out, they make the rent even higher. Right, right, right. So even though all of us on the same floor have the same amount of bedrooms, but every time when someone leaves, the prices go up. So, all of us have different prices in the same building, same apartments, same amount of bedrooms, but all of us pay different prices. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. That is straight crazy. Oh, my goodness gracious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, you have this issue where, you know, the, the, uh, the, the powers that be say we don't need no additional safety features on the gun. And now an elderly couple have had to separate and part ways due to a fatal accidental shooting. What do you say for this? This went through the wall, Pastor Charlotte. We ain't even talking about in the same room. This went through the wall. So clearly this is some level of powerful gun where it goes through the wall and now really kind of gives, you know, Uh, 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 Credence to the fact that Yeah you need to put them extra safety features On this gun Absolutely I think that they should Always have thought that they shouldn't Make it where that you have To um, have more Safety on it because of the Fact that people are Getting um, killed Um, When you were saying the story Though I was like "Mm, uh, You sure he wasn't Trying to take her out you well, know, uh, uh that was my thought, <laughs> you know, um, but, you, but you're right. You know, they definitely need a new, um, to add more to it because it's, it's for the, for people period, you know, just like Lady Tamika said that it can go through outside, you know, and people think that it's a game with a gun anyway, you know what I mean? So what's that Russian roulette? I think that's what it's called. Yep. Yeah. Remember? Okay. Yep. And um yep. so they still do that as well. So right. yes. Definitely safety. Okay, okay. Well, we're talking about this young mom with the eleven month mm. year old who, you know, looked at him and said, Wanna try? And gave him the vape, put the vape in his mouth. And when he coughed, she laughed. And they, you know, after hearing that she was sorry and she didn't intend to do it and that, you know, she would never do anything like that again, they're like, okay, lesson learned. Is that how we should handle this? Lesson learned? No. I think that she, something should happen. One, before you made the the video, you were smoking this, and the baby was already choking. Second, you're 16, and I get it. Babies having babies, I get that too. But you knew better. You knew better. Um, you made the baby into a joke, but now you want to plead like you didn't know no better. You knew better because even adults choke when they smoke it, right? When you when adults they choke. Yeah. <laughs> so. The same thing So yes I think something Should happen to her um, And yes She needs to take Some classes Of, of motherhood And where is your mama mm. All righty All righty Ooh, Well thank you For joining us Pastor Charlene Let's talk to Our girl Shantice
0: Good morning Shantice
1: Good morning all right. What you know, what say you about this eight hundred thousand unit units, units, units in the state of New York?
0: <laughs>
1: in the state of New York. And you know, they wanna she wants to start in Harlem. In this ex uh uh prison for you know, that was there for the uh, uh women. And, you know, do you think that this 800,000 unit in 10 years will be
0: doable? And what do you think they really need to focus on?
1: So they want to use the unit as well as housing or for the? Yes, they want to use it as housing. Well, that makes sense as long as it's to ensure that it's affordable housing for the most part, making sure that it's good living, clean and affordable housing, you know, near us. They have the new buildings up. And I love the fact that they have a nice amount of units for people who have moderate income. And they're very strict with their residential rules. Like they're not even allowed to put Christmas lights up in the window. I don't even live there and I love it because it just gives a whole new different looks. So if they're doing something like that it's okay, I have all these units, I'm going to make sure that we get some good people up in here and the rules are set a certain way so that the area stays a certain way, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. Well, the safety feature on the guns was in question the other day, and now you have this fatal accidental shooting of the elderly, you know, with the elderly couple, and does this prove that we need more safety features on this gun, on these guns, rather? More safety features are needed, more precautions on who gets their hands on these guns are needed. It's like before it used to be, there weren't really any rules until something happened. And then, okay, since this happened, now we're going to implement all these rules. Now it's just like, it don't matter how many people get hurt, how many people die. They're just so with allowing these guns to get in everybody's hands, and there are no precautions being taken out. It's just like, we just make our money and that's it. It really doesn't matter. Absolutely. They don't, it doesn't matter. Just like you said, you know, you're talking about the fact that, you know, they raised the issue of, well, you know, you have the gun rights and now you're going to be adjusting the gun rights when they can't buy any gun that they want to buy. Because if you raise this issue of these guns have to have a safety feature on it, that means that older guns can't be purchased because they don't have the safety feature on it and nobody's going to want to pay to modify a gun. So now here you have it where, you know, we don't know whether, you know, this was accidental or not. You know, we don't know what kind of an accident it was, whether his finger, you know, hit the the trigger and that was the accident. Or, you know, people always say, well, you know, the gun discharged. You know, well, it pretty much won't discharge on its own from what I understand. But, again, I don't know every gun that's made out here. And you don't know, you know, what... Uh, Defects, you know, might be with this gun, so uh, Poor, poor family, poor family You have this mom Who is 16 And she has an 11-month-old And she looks over at him and says, want to try? Sticks the vape in his mouth, he coughs You know, this is all on video She laughs And, you know, when when the video got out now they're questioning her, and she says, you know, she's sorry, that was not her intent, she would never, you know, she never meant to hurt the baby, she would never hurt the baby, and they said, okay, you know what, lesson learned. Is that where it should end? Why was there any dialogue? A video of you giving the baby the date. That's it, baby born. What what other intention do you have outside of the baby smoking? People don't care. What, how is that? <laughs> what lesson is learned? So what's lesson learned? What's next? You're over the baby crack. You're not even. I mean, it's bad enough, but you ain't even saying like a thirty something year old mother gave a sixteen year old son the vape. Who was at an eleven month old to give them anything outside of baby food? Or well, at that at that time, which I wouldn't agree with, a lot of parents start giving their kids table food which I never understood. But what no, that that's dumb. They they need to get locked up just like remember you did that story about the social worker who who did the visit to the house and then as soon as she left the kid died? Yeah, she yeah. Whoever turned the blind eye to this should get the same tendency, that's what no she that. That's dumb. You know, they're looking at the fact that she's young, 16 years old, and, and it's almost like saying, well, what do you expect type of thing. And, you know, even if you were to take in into consideration her age, you're not going to tell me that there shouldn't be a parenting class or something that she needs to take because she she's showing a level of immaturity and danger for this baby and if you didn't think anything was wrong with giving a baby you know giving the baby vape a vape then how do we know what else okay so you learned your lesson here per se But how do we know that there may not be another area, you know, that right now that, you know, you didn't think anything was wrong with that? Well, now some parenting classes really need to be taken because you clearly don't know what to do. And I can't remember which which one of you ladies said, you know, she needs to stop vaping herself. And, yeah, that needs to be a class on You know, the dangers of vaping. Why? You're not, because I'm going to tell you something. That means she was vaping right in the same room with the baby. So there needs to be classes that she needs to take. You know, just because you have a baby don't mean you know everything. Big, grown people don't know anything. Now think about this 16-year-old. And, you know, you can't tell me, and I'm going to be straight up on it. I'm going to play the race card here. Had that been one of us, you know what? You couldn't have sneezed too hard, and it would have been snatching them kids. You couldn't have been on camera handing a baby a piece of candy. You know, candy? This would not have been one of us. We would have had all kind of counseling, parenting classes, therapy, jail time, fines. You know, a, a, a social worker would have been visiting the house. Yeah, this would have been some ongoing thing here. So, you know, okay. So if you don't want to go a full distance and maybe lock her up and things like that, she definitely should have a, a case opened with CPS, and she should definitely have to take parenting classes. And they definitely need to be monitoring this baby, his health. Um, you know how his, you know, making sure he gets to all his well visit care um, doctor visits. Yeah, you need to monitor this situation to just walk off because next thing we'll hear this child is dead You know and and then what you're going to do So this is neglect 101 that that's what this is Neglect not just from the mother But from the powers that be from the agencies that need to be involved You're not going to tell me that this is fine or we decided to leave it You know and and there will be no follow-up. Yeah, right It could have never been one of us. It could have never been. Oh please. Oh please. It would have been a mess. A big fat mess. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, we have been talking about a lot of things here on its due time. Every day we're loaded with crazy stories and Um, You know, on Tuesdays we talk about church people and church folk and all kind of things And, you know, one of the things that is very clear There's very little peace in this world You know, there's very little peace in, in everyone's lives right now Because the enemy is stirring up some mess He's stirring up some mess And he's getting worse and worse because he knows his time is getting shorter and shorter And he's going to take as many down with him as he possibly can. And, you know, I came across an article last night and, you know, ways to, you know, find peace, ways to take back your peace. And I wanted to just talk about that this morning and I wanted to, you know, discuss it because if, you know, sometimes when we're discussing these things, we're, ministering to one another so this will give us an opportunity if anybody's going through some stir in their life you know that maybe you could even encourage yourself this morning so ah, one of the things that you know it was saying well start defining what peace is and when i saw that I have a couple of, of, of articles up when I saw that one, I was like, absolutely. And, and I'm not going to say why I thought it was crucial, but I'll, I'll let you speak. And then, you know, I'll say what I have to say later, but lady Tamika, you know, this. you want to, you, you, you want to find peace. First, you have to define what peace actually is. Is that true for you? Oh my goodness. Yes. You know, um, and, and peace looks different for every person, you know, um, for, for some, for one person, you know, uh, a nice, soothing environment, you know, a quiet room where there's literally no noise, you know, and for someone else, it might just be literally just laying with family, laughing and giggling, you know, and for, you know, when you look at somebody else's life, you know, all of those family members and all that noise might be annoying to one person, but it's their peace. You know, and, and, and you know, like, for instance, for me, I like to work out. So, you know, the chaos of sweating and running and, you know, that's my peace. So you've established for you what works for you, what is peaceful for you. because it, And don't define it by somebody else. You make what you find peaceful your peace. All right, all right. Pastor Charlene, you know, the, the advice is define what peace is. Would you agree that that would be the beginning point? Absolutely. And I agree with Lady Tamika because everybody's piece is different. Um, For even myself, mine is just being by myself, nothing on, no TV or anything, um, not even on the phone, just relaxing, just being able to woosah, as they say, um, and just to um, enjoy that moment with the Lord and just me and him, just just sitting and just listening, not even really talking, just listening and um, in the silence. So I had to learn how to do that because it, I was always one had to have the TV on, even I'm not watching it. But I've learned that that's what really calms me between that or even if I put something on just to listen to some soft music, soft music, like some jazz or, you know, some gospel, but just worshiping, you know, like that. So, yes, you have to find what's good for you. Okay, okay. Shatis, is that a good starting point? Is that a necessary starting point? Yes, because you have to understand what peace really means in order for you to have it. And Jesus says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Because as it was said, you know, a lot of times we think that peace, is what other how other people present it. But peace, regardless of if it's how you know, Lady Tanika describes for her or Pastor Sheldon described it for her, it always starts with you spending time with God and Jesus. And then whatever mode you get into after that, so if you spending time with God and Jesus today means I'm playing my music today or there's been nights I'm like oh God I'm I just want to lay with you like, can I just lay down with you? And I, I'll be wanting to pray, but I'll be tired. Or sometimes, I, you know, I just be up. It's like, I just want to lay with you. I just want to lay here. And I'm with Pastor Charlene because that was me. The TV always had to be going. There always had to be something more because if not, it's just like, okay, this is very unsettling, like what's going on. It's too quiet. And now it's like I find myself walking around doing stuff just in silence. But it always has to start with, your time with God and Jesus. You don't have time with God and Jesus There will be no peace And you'll keep trying to do things That will define peace for you But you'll never find it Alright, alright Here's an interesting one They say Separate lies From the truth That's how you're going to find peace Ooh, Pastor Charlene Separate lies from the truth. Absolutely. You must be real Real with yourself.
0: yourself.
1: And with God.
0: God.
1: Um, A lot of times we put this um, persona 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 up, that something that that we're not. And then it takes so much energy energy to keep that up, up. to keep that lie going. 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 You know, because once you do one one lie, you got to do another lie, you know, to keep up that first lie, you know. And now I'm... You have to get to the place now where that you just tell the truth. It is what it is. Deal with it, and you'll feel so much peace within because you're honest with yourself and with God and with others. All right, all right. Oh, Shantice, separate lies from the truth. Is that the way you can find peace? Yes, and I hate that phrase, I'm speaking my truth. I cannot stand. As soon as you said that, that's in my mind. It can be truth that can only be found in and with God. Let God tell you what the truth is. Because even though it's not always our intentions, we lie to ourselves a lot. Oh, I'm not mad. I don't feel this kind of way. Oh, I am mad. You really
0: mad. I know
1: you was I was pushing myself to be mad because I was just so used to being mad is like, okay, go to God, and let God tell me how I feel. How I'm seeing things, how I'm like so now that he has given me what it really is, even if it's bad as far as God is checking me, and all that, there's still so much peace even in that because now I know what I need to do. But when I'm just walking around lying to myself and what I've learned is another form of lying is knowing when we have to go to God, but we don't go to God because we don't want to hear that he has to say. That's a form of lying. So you go to him and you let him tell you what it is. There's so much peace in that, whether he's correcting or confirming you. It's peaceful because at least now you know how you need to move, and now you know that you're on the path to improve or whatever needs to be improved and just having a
0: peace of mind.
1: Okay, 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 ladies, you got some good stuff going on here. Uh, Tamika, we're talking about separating lies from the truth. If that's if you made that move, would that or should that bring you a level of peace? It should. Um, and a lot of times we live in this, you know, facade. You know, I've arrived. I, I've gotten there already. You know, and or. Competing, and I can say it because I'm, a, you know, I'm a Jones, you know, competing with, with, with us people, you know, the Joneses, you know, or trying to um, live up to somebody else's standard, you know, that's a lot of pressure, you know, let God and release all of those things. It's like carrying bags, you know, each one, you know, a competition is a bag and you trying to compare yourself as a bag and trying to make sure that the family doesn't see your, your uh, indiscretions or your issues. That's another bag. You know, they're, they're, those, each one of them is a weight that you load on yourself. And so as you release those things to God, you find that it's freeing. You don't really particularly care what they think, you know. It is what God, it is what God allows you to be. You know, relax and let God handle it. All right, all right, all right. Hmm. I'm looking at something here that says, Hold on to God's promises, Shantice. Should that bring you peace? Yes, because God's promises, you can rest in that knowing that you don't have to try to figure out what's to come. And if he says, okay, I promise that this is going to happen despite how it looks or I promise this won't happen despite how it looks, now, even if it looks crazy or if it looks like, okay, God, I don't know how you're going to get this and this, but, but there's so much rest in that, you know, because a lot of our peace gets disturbed, and we get distracted from a lot of our people trying to figure out our future, whether it's the near future or
0: the future.
1: But when you just hold on to his promises, like, you know what, like God, I, I understand that I don't have any control outside of what I'm able to do right now, and you in addition to you helping me with my part, you always hold your part down. So I'm going to just rest in knowing that you got this. And now I can just chill and just be peaceful. So just stop trying to focus so much on what you have. We have no control over the future, the near future or the future future. <laughs> uh, Tamika, holding on to God's promises and peace is... You know Equated to one another Would you agree? I apologize
0: Can you say that one more time
1: It's okay You know Holding on to the promises of God You know They're suggesting that if you do that That you will You know Get some peace in your life And would you agree that You know The promises of God Will bring Will bring Peace Peace, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, you know, and sometimes what we have to do is remind ourselves what God told us, you know. We're the head, not the tail, and there's so many different other things that he has promised us because sometimes we get down on ourselves, and it's not all about us. Look to God. You know, I often say it. Look to God for everything, you know, and he'll show you. He'll direct you. He'll lead you, and you'll never be without and, and that doesn't mean that, you know, okay, I won't be able to, to make ends meet. Sometimes you may have to strain. And it's, you know, it's, some of it is so that you'll see, you know, that the whole entire time I've been helping you. A lot of times we have a tendency to reach out to friends, you know, and those friends aren't available. And sometimes that's because God is trying to tell you, look, you, you're not going through this all alone. I am here with you. Everything that you need, I am. All right, amen, amen. Pastor Charlene, God's promises, holding on to those, will bring you peace. Agreed? Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, if we put God first, and we put God in everything, you shall have peace. So when you rest in that peace, and you allow him to guide you and lead you, then you'll be able to be stronger in him and you won't have to worry about tomorrow or the that moment because his promises that he keeps, he's the only person that can give you a promise that it shall be. Everybody else you're listening to, they lie. And even our own self, when we make promises, we lie. So, therefore, we take and being able to still rest in him, in his peace, and know that he will. But it's up to you to believe that, that he will, because he said, I am who I am, so. Amen, amen, amen. Tamika, they say, get rid of doubt, worry, and fear. And once you do that, peace will be <laughs> at your doorstep. Mm, that's definitely true you know um some people we don't there's there there are people out there that are plagued by so much you know worried about the bill not being paid and you know the bill collector i i remember being in a a a setting with a relative who you know um had lost her job and she was concerned about the bills and she was concerned about the children she was concerned about this she was concerned about that and it caused her not to sleep well. Um, Her health was affected. You know, a lot of times we don't recognize that the stuff that we go through um, spiritually, we go through physically as well. You know, when things are not working well at home, you're stressed out, you carry that to work, you take it back home. uh, Again, these are weights, you know, that you're carrying. And the more you relieve those those weights and turn them over to God, whose yoke is easy and burdens are light, um, the better life becomes. You know, you don't want to you don't want to always have all of this weight. You know, your health is affected, your mental, your spiritual, your emotional, your financial. It's all affected because it all it's all a part of you. Absolutely, absolutely. Chantees, get rid of doubt, worry, and fear, and you will. Guarantee you are guaranteed peace at that point. Yes, it makes me think of Second, Second Timothy one seven. So God has like given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And you when know, you continue to meditate on verses like that, you know you're reminded that yes, doesn't mean that you, there will never be any level or amount of doubt, worry, or fear. But to just allow God to wipe that away because he's giving you the ability to overcome it. Again, you have the ability to do your part and God is always going to make sure he does his part. So, you know, whatever it is, once you find yourself worrying about it and really becoming doubtful to the part that now there's fear, now immediately taking that to God, that you can have that peace because this, we worrying, and then here's another verse where he says something like, who has grown an inch by worrying, or who has, like, we gain nothing by walking around here, biting our nails and looking over our shoulder every second, and worrying about this so much. We're just You know what like, try to do, but what it's <laughs> what's about, like, when we used to run to you, of stuff, and there will be lightning and something like He's it's like, why are you worried? If you're living right, you ain't got nothing to worry about. It's like, oh, off
0: already. But when you
1: don't, when you understand that you don't have to worry, even if you don't have the answer for it, there is so much peace that
0: comes along with that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, You know, I never remember that until you bring it up. And, you know, just running around is oh, my goodness, blah, 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 blah. and they were like, why are you so calm? It's like, well, you know, if you lived right, then... Which, what you going to do? You can't stop the thunder and lightning. If Jesus is cracking the sky right now, you can't run and do nothing at this point. So, oh well. <laughs> live right. Lay roll right on through. And I never remember that until you bring it up. Never remember that. Oh my goodness. Uh, Pastor Charlotte. I somehow got. I realized the rotation is off. So forgive me. But you know, doubt, worry, and fear—get rid of that, and you will have the peace that you need. Absolutely, um, and it was funny because the same scripture that Chantee um, just said, I was going to say, but I'm going to con- I'm going to con- attach it with this. I remember um, before I was doing faith over fear. That was always my issue of fear, of just the unknown um, and stepping out. And I always, sometimes now, when I feel myself going in that direction, I find that you have to take your words that God has given you and send them back to yourself, which makes it calmer for me of that peace of going to, because you have to have that peace override that fear. And even with that peace of where that, if like you said, if you trust and believe in God and living right, because I'm taking your piece with you just said, and living right, that you will be okay. And whatever the outcome is, you're still going to, it's still going to be God's will. So since it's going to be God's will, whatever it is, we just have to learn to embrace it in that peace and being able to stand no matter what. So we might as well just go to sleep because he's already covering us. While we sleep, while we're worrying about it, he's already fixed the issue. We're just walking through the issue. So as you're walking through, take the peace with you and just to be able to relax and to lay in it. Rest in him. Once you rest in him and turn it over to him and lay it at his feet, all is well. Because God's will is going to be done no matter what we do, no matter what we think. It's still God's will is going to be done. All righty, all righty. You know, you ladies have actually touched on (laughs) several of these points. And. They have some really good points here Between the two articles that I'm reading But one of the ones that I want to touch on That you haven't quite talked about already And I think is really crucial Love others Love others And you know you might be thinking How in the world does loving others Bring you peace And I'm going to start with you Shanti. The Lord is challenging. you. Loving others brings peace because if you're following Jesus and loving properly, there's no room to cuss nobody out. There's no room to trip nobody down a flight of stairs. There's no room to set somebody up to get hurt. There's just no room for any wickedness. If you're really loving others, and we ain't talking about this sick, twisted street love, we're talking about godly love, Jesus love, that knocks out everything because with his love comes compassion and sympathy and empathy and so on and so forth. So there's no room for all that other fleshly stuff. So now, if I'm loving you, if I'm showing compassion and all of that and sympathy, and empathy means that now it's time to tell you how I can relate to you. Wow. That brings so much peace. Because your mind isn't on retaliation, it's not on vengeance, it's not on any any of that other stuff. So now you're just in peace. And, and again, that peace that surpasses understanding. So I just said something the other day, I don't understand this, because I'm just like... My right eye says, Cush you out," and then the left eye says, "Be nice and kind and gentle." The Lord is obviously still moving, but even with that, this peace—it just reminds me to lean more towards God and less to my flesh. So, it, it keeps love helps to keep your mind on one on one track, which is His track. So, there there goes your peace. Okay, okay, okay. So we hold both them eyes in the same spot going forward. Uh, Pastor Charlene, love others. How would that possibly bring you peace? You know, some people can't equate the two. For me, loving others does give me peace because it shows the growth um, in myself. I'm going to talk about me again and myself because like the we want to love there's certain people that it's easy to love and then there's certain people that is is kind of hard hard to love, love, right? Especially especially our enemies. enemies. And we have to get to a place place where 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 that that we are are showing showing the Jesus Jesus that's within us. us. Right. So therefore with that peace he gives us with we'll be able to love someone else that don't know how to love and have that understanding, have that understanding that they're not there yet. And in the place of God, where God wants them to be because a lot of your struggling of your love is when, especially when you're trying to help them when they don't want to help themselves. Right? So, that gives you the peace when you finally get where that, you know, you know what, I didn't, have to, I didn't have to cut them out. I didn't have to feel have some, to kind, of some kind of way. I can, I walk, can away walk, walk away and just say, well, you know what, even though what? They, didn't even they didn't receive it, it I can still I can pray, still for, pray for, them for them and still have that joy within, within. and being and able to able even to do, rest even in rest it and where that you don't have an attitude later. So some people are hard to love. But because love he loves uh, us, love us. us and because he takes time out with and have us and has patience with us, is, is the same, same love that we, have, love that we, have, that we show.
0: have
1: to show. Ooh, I know I'm going oh, to have to play, play, play this one back. back.
0: Jesus. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: uh, Tamika, oh, what are we saying <laughs> about loving others and getting that peace that only God can give, only Christ can give.
0: Um, love love,
1: like to that degree, tells us that we give right for wrong meaning that when others have mistreated us we don't retaliate. That we are always looking for an opportunity to do good. Even in the mix Even of when we are, are not necessarily treated the right, the right way, love means love that, that as, opposed as opposed to me spazzing out because, out of, a, because a, of an injustice, an injustice um, um, I, don't do I don't do that, you know, that, you know, that I'm always, I'm willing, always to willing to present to God, first to first God first before I react, react. you, know, you know, know, that I'm prayerful and always waiting for an opportunity, you know, looking for an assignment that God has for me so that I can perform it. You know, love means that when there's all kinds of chaos going around me, that I'm the one that lifts the standard for God. That I'm willing to look for the opportunity that I'm able, capable, and ready to do and perform His task at any moment. Amen, amen, ladies, amen. Thank you so much. You've done such a fine job today. You know, again, you know, as you both, uh, two of you have said at least. <laughs> You know, you got to, you really got to uh, encourage yourself. So we pray that you have a blessed day. Thank you for your contribution into today's conversation. You all have a great, day. Have a great day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ah. So we have our pray for them today and if you listen to the beginning of the um the uh show today you know our health our health tip was you know the common mistakes that nurses make and you know when you look at their responsibility level especially in an emergency room You know, you really have to give God thanks for them. And, you know, we know that they're under a lot of different challenges. You know, not only do they have to worry about, you know, all of their patients, they have to worry about themselves. And one of the common mistakes that they have listed is the fact that they don't take care of themselves you know that they overlook their own fatigue and their own tired and you know what, how we all do that we all do that and because you know it's not a malicious thing you know that they are overlooking their own fatigue and stress but you know you kind of go into the demand of the job and unfortunately it it Causes a breakdown, a breakdown on that individual. So we're going to lift them up in prayer today, as we, you know, we're going to we're going to focus on them, on our pray for them, because we know that that that, that walk ain't easy. <laughs> okay, let us go before the Lord, hold the hands and hold the hearts. Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we say thank you as always first. We can never ask you for anything without thanking you, God, for what you've already done. We thank you, God, for what you've been doing. We thank you, God, for what you've always done. Whether we've deserved it or not, you have just been a wonderful God who consistently looks beyond our faults and finds our need. And you are awesome in all your ways. And We are lifting up our nurses our nurses to you today, dear Heavenly Father, and I'll pray for them. We are really, really looking at the things that, you know, they're listing and and these are nurses who are listing these things as, as common errors and, you know, some of the things we know that they that they do or they don't do by mistake, by negligence, God, you know, can cause further illness and sometimes even death. And we know that, you know, they're not in this profession to cause any harm, to cause any level of neglect. So, God, we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to help to just balance the scale in their life, that they have their own personal lives, that they're walking around with, that they're trying to work out, that they're, you know, uh, that might be a little more challenging today than it was yesterday. You know, they may have ill parents. They may have ill children. They themselves may not be feeling well. They may have an ill spouse. The bills might be, you know, above their ability to pay or whatever the situation is, whatever it is that we worry about as people. Well, they have the same worry, dear Heavenly Father. And we know, God, that our life is is in their hands. You know, we know that you have the final say as to what happens in each and every one of our lives. But we know that that care, that hospital care, you know, we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to help them. Help them juggle it all. Help them to be able to remember the right dosage of medicines, which medicine they're administering, God. We pray for their patience. We pray for that, you know, their heart to be uh, uh, made right when the patients are mean and nasty and unappreciative and ungrateful. We lift them up, dear Heavenly Father, as they're taking it from home and they're taking it from the doctors and they're taking it from the patients. All at the same time, dear Heavenly Father. We are only human. There's only so much we can take without things beginning to slip through the cracks. And they're 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 walking in occupations where an occupation where they they, they can't afford it. But what do we say? What happens to them, God? We put them before you did this, this morning, dear Heavenly Father, as they need you. We're crying out on their behalf, dear God. We're thanking you for every hardworking nurse out there, dear Heavenly Father. Everyone who has her patient's needs in the forefront of his or her mind, dear Heavenly Father. We pray, God, for the traveling nurse who has to actually walk up into individuals' homes. Are they dealing with uh, uh, dogs or are they dealing with filth? And uh, what, are they, what do they have to endure, dear God, just to help us? How the patients are not friendly or welcoming or warm and they have to endure that, God. I ask you for forgiveness God when I gave for what I gave the nurse a hard time God because I wasn't in the mood or I I didn't want the care and I didn't want nobody walking in my house they have to endure all of that God and we thank you for their endurance we thank you for their tenacity we thank you for their determination we thank you god for their commitment Dear heavenly father we ask you to give them traveling mercies dear heavenly father we ask you to give them peace that they would have peace that they would leave off that shift and that they could put their head on a pillow and get the proper rest that they need god that some of them neglect their own health and they're taking care of us, God. And we ask you, God, to give them that level of wisdom. Because if they don't take care of themselves, they can't really take care of us. That's where all the errors can come from. So we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to meet their need. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to care for their hearts and their minds. We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to care for their physical being, God. We pray that all of those who they are servicing will just be more appreciative of who they are and how hard they work. That we would not give them a hard time because we are in a bad mode or mood. We thank you, God, for all of those who step up, who went through this COVID crisis, who have been through the other crisis, And they are enduring so much on a regular basis. We pray, God, that they would have enough money to just go take a vacation. That you fix their finances for them. That they can have an extra day of rest. That they can have an extra day of pampering or comforting. Or comfort. That even a massage, their Heavenly Father. Or a movie, God... Something as simple as that would just render them into a different zone where by the time it's time to return to work, they're ready, they're willing, and they're able. That they would seek you in everything that they do. That they would put you first. That for those nurses that don't know you, would now be introduced to you in a special way, God. That they could cover the hospital, the nursing home, the, 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 the patients in the home. That they could comfort us, and at the same time, we could care for them. We love you, Lord, for bringing our attention to these things. Because we couldn't pray if we were just so stuck in ourself, in our own life. But Lord, we thank you for this segment where we can actually take the time to look at another person's situation and be grateful that we're not there. God, we're going to take this time right now to also pray for our men. Years ago, God, you told me pray for the men of the church i did not realize and although i prayed i i do i did not have the eyes then that i do now and lord i'm lifting all of our men up to you right now god for whatever it is that they need whether they need the 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 awareness whether they need the pampering whether they need the comforting, whether they don't have peace in their life, whether they are overworked, whether they are underpaid, where they feel that they're not loved, they feel like they're not given the proper attention, whatever it is, God. I pray that every word that they hear, every prayer that's said, every scripture that's read, every time they, they sit in service, the church service, God, or Bible study, that you would be just peeling away those onion skins, their Heavenly Father, that you would be getting to the nucleus of whatever it is that they're experiencing, whatever it is that they're going through, whether it's self-inflicted or not. We know their Heavenly Father that if they've chosen you, they've made the best decision that they could ever make. And now, God, we're asking you to just meet them. Meet them where they are. I don't care how confident they may feel they are and how right they may seem, they you know, they feel they may be. No matter what the confusion level, no matter, you know, how much money they make. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to deal with our men in a special way. This world needs our men, your soldiers, I mean, really, really servicing your kingdom properly. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to touch their mind, to touch their hearts to touch their eyes and their ears and their spirit, the Heavenly Father. Touch their bodies that they can continue to get up and go to work every day, God. But that they don't forget the essential points of choosing you. What you're really trying to extract from them. What you're trying to pour into them, God. That they would stand up and they would be the vessels that you need them to be. And we're thanking you God For all that you've done for them and to them That you've brought them from a mighty long way God And that they would just position themselves to continually be used by you Thank you Father Thank you for answering our prayer today In the name of Jesus we pray Amen (sighs) You know I don't think we're ever really prepared for the challenges of life. When things are going well then all of a sudden the enemy throws a monkey wrench in there. When your relationships are going well and I'm I'm talking about relationship period. I'm not talking about intimate relationships. I'm talking about relationships period. And then, you know, someone is, you know, not positioned properly. You may not position yourself properly so that God can use you, or they're not positioned position so God can use them, and, you know, or, or both of you might be off. You know, just one person being off can throw a monkey wrench into this equation. No matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you try, You know, it seems like there are times when the enemy has a target on you and, man, you just can't shake this thing. And before you know it, your life is in some level of chaos and there's no peace. You feel like, I've worked so hard, you know, and yet I don't have peace. And I know for me, I'm real funny about certain things and I'm real funny about people disturbing my peace because this, this this was hard to come by peace for Stephanie was hard to come by and I do not appreciate when your dumb issues or your insecurities or you know whatever you got going on in your life now you're disturbing my peace And I always tell you all, you know, that's the one thing that God had to rescue me from, walking away. Well, how are you going to call me to be a pastor? But I'm walking off from people. Uh, The two just don't mix. And you, you know, you, you look at this world and you realize that the chaos in this world is so prevalent. But yet people... See, it it is peace. You know, the ladies were right. You know, peace is relative and subjective to who is looking at it and who needs it and who wants it. Sometimes people don't want peace. You know, sometimes people are not happy unless there's a stir. Sometimes people are not happy unless, excuse me, you know, there's some chaos going on or, you know, something is upset in their life. And I, on the other hand, am very different. I, I welcome peace, and I give God thanks for the peace that he gives. You know, the peace, Jesus says, the peace that I give that no one else can give you. <laughs> no matter what this world has to offer you, the world cannot give you the peace that I have. So I welcome you to receive that peace that God is and Christ are offering you, and walk, walk in it. Don't let anything and everything upset your peace. Give it to God and let Him handle your peace. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, because they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for coming through big time as always. And I want to thank you for hanging out with us today. Please, please, please don't miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to just receive what God is offering you and strengthen that relationship with him right now because later is not promised to any of us until tomorrow where it's freestyle Friday God spare our life I love you